Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I'm delighted today to be having a conversation with uh, two fabulous leaders. We're going to be discussing um, Hispanic voices on leadership, and I'm going to introduce our guest to you, starting with Charlotte Ochiki Hans. Charlotte is the Vice President and Deputy General Manager of Education, Instruction, and Operations at the Head Start Program in San Diego, California Neighborhood House Association. Charlotte, welcome. Thank you so much, Dr. White. Mm-hmm, my pleasure. And also delighted to have Luis Gonzalez, Vice President of Philanthropy and Community Impact at Wells Fargo. Hi, welcome, Dr. Luis. Thank you, Dr. Hey. White. Great to be here. Oh my God, it's so good to see both of you. And um, yeah, I'll just start. Like I have the joy and the pleasure of knowing how awesome the two of you are. But I'm going to have a start with having you just share a little bit about yourself, starting with you, Charlotte. Fantastic. Thank you, Dr. White. Well, I'm first-generation American in this country. I'm a Head Start alumni, which is one of the 28 programs offered at the Neighborhood House Association. And as you already mentioned, I serve as Vice President of Programs Planning and Development, and I'm a Deputy General Manager as well. My parents immigrated from Mexico to provide my brother and I more educational opportunities that were afforded to them there in Mexico. So knowing that that was important to them, I was very disciplined in school to ensure I earned the best grades possible, was able to attend college, and earn a college degree. Um, After my parents divorced uh, and with my mother being the only parent remaining in the United States, we had limited financial resources, relying heavily on government assistance uh, for survival, basically. Uh, I knew that excelling in school was my only way out of poverty and my road to the quote unquote American dream. So I graduated from high school with honors, earned a full academic scholarship to the University of California, San Diego, and continued to earn a Master of Arts degree at San Diego State University. I'm going to pause and say congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) I'll let you continue, but I wanted to celebrate that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, um, you know, in in regards to my leadership roles, um, I I have an assertive trait in my personality type that um, naturally gravitates for leadership roles starting in elementary by volunteering, uh, you know, delivering my sixth grade graduation speech in Spanish, all the way through high school as captain of the cheer squad, you know, lead a dancer in the advanced choreography class and class council member. Um, I continue to develop uh, and inspire others uh, through college as an early academic outreach program counselor at my alma mater, Sweetwater High School, and uh, activities during college involving the Movimiento Estudiantil Chicano de Aztlan, which is MECHA, which is a student organization that promotes Chicano higher education, culture, and history. And then upon graduation, I uh, participated in the Chicano Federation's Leadership Academy, where I was a paid intern uh, for the city of San Diego. And I think that all these leadership experiences built a foundation that allowed me to develop my professional competencies around leadership through um, my career trajectory. And most recently, I was elected president of San Diego State University Alumni Board for the 2021-2022 school year and was selected uh, for the 79th District Hispanic Leadership Award in Education by former Assembly Member and now Secretary of State, Shirley Weber. All right. Even more to celebrate. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, Louise, how about a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, thanks again for the opportunity to be here with the show. Um, So, you know, I have over 22 years of experience in working in community relations and media relations. I started my career actually in the media field, working with Univision and NBC uh, and continued my progression from there to work in both nonprofit uh, and corporate environments. Uh, I currently uh, work with Wells Fargo. I'm as vice president of uh, philanthropy and community impact with the bank. I oversee our strategy and operations for our small business growth philanthropy team. Uh, our focus is on supporting small business through philanthropy, working on initiatives that bring together both community, economic impact, and looking at ways that we can solve challenges uh, to help bridge that wealth gap and obviously support uh, all the small businesses that really, um, you know, carry the entire U.S. economy. Um, I have many years prior to before that, as I mentioned, I worked uh, as well with the United Neighborhood Centers of America's the Settlement House Movement, obviously with the Neighborhood House Association, which always always has a place in my heart for all the great work we did there. 
as community affairs uh, director and obviously continue to maintain that uh, initiative that we continue to support our community, find ways that we can be innovative and find ways for uh, programs that create impact across the country. Um, prior to that, uh, again, you know, San Diego has been a home and I went to San Diego State undergrad and I have a master's in management as well. All right. Celebrating your education and your career experience as well and continue. <laughs> Go Aztecs. Yeah. And, and Louise, was there more you were going to share? No, I had plenty, plenty more to talk about, but it's a privilege to be here. It's wonderful to have you. I know that you're a vet as well. So I thought maybe you were going to <laughs> mention that. But. Yes, yes. Obviously that, you know, I'm a Marine Corps veteran and uh, an opportunity to, to serve in many ways. And so uh, we continue that service today and continue to, to look at how we can make an impact for our communities. Mm -hmm. Well, I know leadership means different things to different people. So, Louise, I'm going to start with you and just ask you, what does leadership mean to you? You know, that I think uh, leadership is a very dynamic term. I think that we we embrace it in so many different ways. And I think that what's, that's what makes leadership so unique. How we lead, how we look at leadership it defines, I think, a lot has a lot of to, to, to do with how we define ourselves. Um, you know, people lead in different ways. I've seen leadership take place in the smallest of things, you know, folks that are helping their, their neighbor next door that they need to help them with whatever the case may be, setting an example, uh, providing them with that support. And then I've seen leadership at, at high levels, right? Creating that transformational type leadership that we talk about, right? Really looking at ways that they can motivate others, create that engagement that really says, how can we change things? So in essence, I look at leadership as an opportunity opportunity for change. I also look at uh, leadership as an opportunity to influence others. Uh, I look at leadership as an opportunity to create impact. Uh, obviously, in leadership, there's both good and bad, and sometimes those impacts could be negative, but nonetheless, they're still created, you know, there's still impacts. And so uh, when we look at leadership, I think that that term um, is, is something that's going to take meaning for different people. I think we've seen leaders across history that use their skills for, for not so good things, uh, but nonetheless, they would be defined as leaders. And then we see leaders that use their skills for good things as well. And, and so when we look at this balance of leadership, I think it's really our opportunity to how we make change in our, in our lives and the lives of others and how that change then leads to impact that really is, you know, hopefully transformational for others. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Luis. Charlotte, your thoughts on leadership? Well, you know, ditto, you know, everything that Lido Luis said is right on point. Um, for me, leadership means, you know, really taking responsibility and initiative uh, to guide and inspire others toward a common goal and vision and involve setting a positive example, you know, making tough choices and um, effectively communicating and collaborating with others. Um, leadership is about being a servant to those I lead, uh, putting their needs and well-being um, at the forefront. It means listening to their perspectives, battling their contributions and empowering them to reach their full potential. Uh, a leader should create an environment that fosters growth, creativity, and innovation, while also providing support and guidance when, when, you know, when needed. Uh, leadership entails being adaptable and open to change, as we've mentioned. It means being willing to learn from failures and mistakes, we all make them, and con continuously seeking personal and professional growth. Um, Integrity, obviously, ethical decision-making, and acting with honesty, transparency, and fairness, and holding oneself accountable for one's own actions. Um, so that's, you know, at the heart of the leadership to me. It's not about just holding a position or title, but about the impact and influence um, uh, one has on others and, and for a positive change. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Charlotte. Um, let me go back to you and really ask you, you know, how do you self-identify and how has your identity impacted your life and leadership journey? Uh, great. You know, well, I identify as Hispanic Latino. Uh, my, I'm originally from Central America, from Guatemala. And because of that, you know, I think you, you have an immigrant lens, obviously, uh, to the type of uh, life and impact that we have in this country. And when you have that immigrant lens, you ex your experiences are going to be unique and different. And so when you carry that with you, you obviously have this kind of sense of responsibility to say, hey, you know, we, we are breaking ground. We're, our, we're setting the, 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 the base uh, for the future of not only, you know, our um, Hispanic heritage, as I say, like the Hispanic community, but also for 
uh, our our families as well. And I think that that does create certain challenges, right? And it makes you understand things in a way that we have a responsibility to also, you know, continue to stay positive, to grow and to give back, right, to those that came before us. And so we do, you know, I do carry uh, a lens that's very unique uh, from a Latino Hispanic perspective uh, to support our communities as a whole, to understand how our culture uh, is impacted in, in, you know, as an immigrant, um, how we build towards the future and the challenges that we have to face as a new, uh, you know, family as a whole in this country. Uh, we don't have the, you know, cultural roots that others do. And I think that's something that's unique within the, the Hispanic and Latino community. You have some folks that have been here multiple generations, uh, and then you have folks who are fairly new. Um, and that dynamic is very unique for all the Hispanic and Latino community as a whole. Uh, and that creates Creates certain sets of challenges that are very unique for each of those different types of generations. And so um, as we look at this collectively, there is this kind of collective sense of responsibility that as we grow, uh, we want to contribute, we want to give back, and how we do that responsibly is critical. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Louisa. I appreciate uh, just the uh, thoughtfulness of that journey. And Charlotte, I'm going to ask you pretty much the same thing with regards to how do you self-identify and how has your identity impacted your life and leadership journey? Looks like we actually need to take a commercial break. So what I'm going to do is just ask you to share with us, um, how do you self-identify? And then when we come back from break, I'll ask you to share, how has your identity really impacted your life and your leadership journey? Okay, well, um, definitely, Dr. White. Um, you know, as a first-generation Mexican-American woman, leadership means embracing and embodying the values, culture, and experiences of both my Mexican heritage and American upbringing. It means being proud of my roots and using them as a source of strength and inspiration in my leadership journey. And we can elaborate a little bit more, uh, more about that. Um, okay, great. I appreciate that. So we are going to take just a short break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more about um, how identity has impacted um, Charlotte's life and leadership, as well as what helps prepare each of our guests for leadership, how they go about um, really facing adversity and having fortitude to keep on keeping on. So stay with us and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insights from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, and get hired into the career you want and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. 
That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. For those who are just joining us, I'm Cheryl White, and I'm pleased to have with us today Charlotte Ochiki Hans, Vice President and Deputy General Manager of Education Instruction and Operations. We're leading our Head Start program at the Neighbors House Association in San Diego, California. Also pleased to have with us Luis Gonzalez, Vice President of Philanthropy and Community Impact at Wells Fargo. Welcome uh, both of you again. And Charlotte, I know before we went to break, you shared with us a little bit about your self-identity. I'm going to ask you just in case someone has just joined us to share that bit again. And if you could also then continue and elaborate with regards to how your identity has impacted your life and leadership journey. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. White. Mm-hmm. Um, as a first-generation Mexican-American woman, leadership means embracing and embodying the values, culture, and experiences of both a Mexican heritage and my American upbringing. It means being proud of my roots and using them as a source of strength, inspiration uh, in my leadership journey. Uh, leadership to me involves being a role model and advocate for my community, both within the Mexican-American community and the broader society. It means using my voice as a platform to address social issues, promote inclusivity, and fight against discrimination and stereotypes. Um, It means fostering unity and collaboration amongst diverse groups. Um, As a Mexican-American leader, I strive to bridge cultural gaps, promote understanding, and create spaces for everyone to feel valued and heard and empowering others to reach their full potential. That's really a passion of mine. I am to mentor and support fellow Mexican-Americans, especially the younger generations by providing guidance, resources, and opportunities for growth. You know, just, you know, to, you know, in a nutshell, leadership as a Mexican-American means embracing my identity, advocating for social justice, fostering unity, and really empowering others. And that's kind of what, you know, how I identify myself and in the leadership roles that I take on. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. I appreciate that. I know you've shared a little bit about your journey and your education and so on and so forth. I'm going to ask you just to elaborate on when you think about what has helped prepare you for leadership, what might be your response just in kind of thinking of um, that piece of your development? For leadership, uh, well, there's many factors, lots of things to consider in preparing for leadership. But I think the top three things um, that I really kind of reflect on is a continuous learning, uh, mm-hmm. seeking feedback, and really building those relationships. You know, in regards to continuous learning, really engaging in lifelong learning as a crucial um, in my leadership development. I, um, it can involve reading books, attending seminars, pursuing higher education, or seeking mentorships from experienced leaders to kind of enrich you know, who I am and add, you know, to my repertoire of skill sets from others that I learned from. Um, seeking feedback, very important to me, actively seeking feedback from peers, mentors, uh, team members is uh, essential for personal and professional growth. Um, that constructive feedback helps identify areas for improvement and allows me to refine my leadership style. And, you know, building those relationships, that's really key. Developing strong relationships with colleagues, mentors, other leaders that can provide valuable support and guidance. You know, that networking allows you to learn from others, experiences, you know, gain insight and really access new opportunities. So I think those three, um, you know, um, you know, those three are key in, in really helping you develop that, that leadership foundation that's necessary for success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Charlotte, I know you do it really well. You probably do it without even thinking about it. But I ask you just to, if you can reflect and share your, um, I, don't, I don't want to say secret, but your method, your thoughts around networking, um, what supports you in being so effective in building relationships and in networking? Just being having an open mind, uh, being open to different ideas, um, uh, you know, accessing, you know, di- different, you know, talking to different people with different backgrounds, different skill sets, you know, from you know somebody from accounting, you know, I'm not really strong in finances, so I like to you know pick brains and and really you know look at people who are in different fields and really um, have that those relationships that allowed me to to learn. And just, you know, the networking in order to learn, um, I think it's key for me. Mm-hmm. So if someone finds themselves at a networking event, um, 
what might be in their frame, in their mind, and you know, what might they be thinking that might support them and really um, leveraging that opportunity? A lot of people just seem to want to kind of stay in their group, right? You go to a, a networking event and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go here and talk to these people. And they're all educators and I feel comfortable with them. But I encourage you to step out of, uh, out of that comfort zone and, you know, go talk to the engineers and <laughs> go talk to the, you know, the accountants and somebody who's in a different field because, um, you know, those those uh, conversations are so enriching and you, know, you walk away with, something you never knew before, you know, some, you know, piece of knowledge that, you know, um, is really going to be, be impactful for you in the future. So I would encourage people in those, in those, um, uh, when you, when you're in those environments to, to really kind of, you know, put yourself out there in, in different groups that you wouldn't otherwise network in. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you, Charlotte. And uh, Louise, how about yourself? What helped prepare you for leadership? Wow, you know, there's a lot of things that um, that really go into creating a, a leader, and I think it comes down to the experiences that we have throughout our, our, our entire upbringing. I mean, from childhood through development, um, it's the influences around us, and I think that's so critical. I know you mentioned uh, to Charlotte about network and the people around you, and as you continue to go in your leadership path, that that really is when you start realizing how critical that network is. Um, as a child, you know, you have your family and you have that upbringing. And, and I know that when we work in community, not every child has access to a positive network. And, and that's the, the framework that starts setting the tone, right? Uh, how does that imp- influence the way you think, the way you approach things, your work ethic, the discipline you have in life to do the things that you have to do? Uh, how do you deal with conflict, adversity, right? These are all the things that you know, are not easily, you know, you know, taught, you have to go through this experience and learn it and have that, that guidance. So I, I feel that having guidance is critical. Having mentors is critical. Having people that you can connect with to learn about these types of things are critical. And then how do you have the opportunity to develop those are also critical, right? Because that's the next piece of this. I think as leaders, we forget that it's not just about us. It really is about the next generation of leaders. And it's like, how do you create opportunities for them to lead? And it starts with simple tasks, you know? And I think oftentimes when we we get in our work environments, we tend to focus on, it has to be done a certain way because this is the way I know how to do it. But in reality, what we need to start doing is is letting go of some of that and letting other people experiment how they want to do things to get to the task or accomplish that task because that leadership style is critical to develop. And if if we hinder that development, I think then we run into a lot of issues moving forward. And we're seeing that now as we want to transition from older generations, passing it on to younger generations. And there's conflict now because they're like, the younger generation doesn't do it right. And it's like, you have this tension going on, but that's part of the leadership process, right? It's adversity, it's tension, it's learning how to navigate through that. And so I, I think sometimes it's positive to have that. And we forget that you need to have adversity to grow. Um, And if we don't have that, um, I I feel that, you know, we're going to run into a situation where you don't know how to deal with adversity when you're in leadership roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, Lisa, I want to just double click maybe on the mentoring piece that you talked about, because we could have people listening and think, hmm, yeah, maybe I do need to get some guidance and a mentor. Can I have you double click on, you know, how might a person maybe go about um, finding a mentor or someone who might sure. be able to support them and provide with them with some guidance. Yeah, you know, and I think I learned something throughout my 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 career and development that there's a difference between what we would call a mentor and a sponsor. And oftentimes mm-hmm. people forget, you know, they think, oh, it's my mentor, right? It's like, how can someone be a mentor? And what is the difference? Uh, so for me, mentors are people that can guide you to learn and grow in different ways, depending on the areas that you need help with. Some mentors are great for telling you how to solve problems in your personal life. Uh, these are folks that we encounter through our various different social deems, social groups, right? Sometimes it could be through your faith-based initiatives. It could be through your community-based initiatives. These are folks that perhaps set examples for how you can help or, or give back to whatever your causes are. And, and that's one set of ways that we can look at mentors that they guide us and say, hey, you should be thinking of it this way. Uh, on the philanthropy end, I encounter that all the time. I, I encounter community leaders that have great done great work over the, over the years uh, to create change, to give back to their communities. And I learned from them. It's like, how did you do that? How did you go about? And then from that process, you gain that type of 
you know, connection that then you can call on and say, Hey, I got a situation. What do you think of this? That feedback process is, is a mentorship process. And so sometimes we have mentors. We don't even know that they're mentors, but we just say, Hey, I always go to them for advice. That's a mentor, right? And it can take form in any way. It could be, you know, age doesn't have to matter. It's sometimes we, we, we say, Hey, I, we go to, I go to sometimes these younger kids and I'm like, Hey, how did you do that on social media? That's, that's <laughs> so, Hey, they're meant they're mentoring me on how to do certain things. Now, that's different than a sponsor because a sponsor will say, hey, I need to advocate for you. I need to advocate for Luis. I need someone to go in there and say, hey, when I retire, the guy, the next guy that's going to take my spot is Luis. That's the guy I want. And, and that's a sponsor that, that we all need. And I think sometimes in our leadership career, we forget that we can often play either or role or sometimes play, you know, the role of sponsor and say, Hey, I got a great person that can fit this job. And then you say, let me connect you. And perhaps I may not be that mentor to that person, but I know that they have the skill set that would be great. So I think as leaders, we have to be you know, open to that and understand that we have a role to play when it comes to that mentorship sponsorship relationship. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Louise. Louise mentioned Charlotte um, facing adversity and that leadership we sometimes face adversity. When faced with adversity, what really, maybe even what are some of the adversities you face, but also what gave you the fortitude to keep on keeping on? Well, for me, really remembering the reason my parents brought me to this country and the desire not to disappoint them, my extended family, and ultimately my fellow Hispanic people that I feel like I represent. I spoke about this with my husband the other day. Um, he asked me, Charlotte, you know, why do you push yourself so hard? You know, why do you care? You just, you know, overprepare. And what is it with you? I said, I told him that I feel like, you know, a significant responsibility to represent people who look like me with excellence. As I told him that uh, to me, my actions are a reflection of how other people's other people perceive other Mexican Americans and Hispanics, and that I will not allow myself any margin of error. So I'm always prepared. I practice speeches. My grammar needs to be perfect. My professional acumen, business attire, overall appearance must be on point. Interestingly, he told me that he doesn't feel that he represents anyone anyone else than himself. And it's important to note that he's a fourth generation German-American in this country. And I think uh, us, we as new citizens, we feel the need to overachieve to demonstrate our value and their worth in this country. And I think that's what gives me the fortitude to keep going when faced with adversity, that I have that responsibility mm-hmm. for me and the people behind me. Mm-hmm. Well, Charlotte, you live up to all that. And and I and I'd have to, I mean, because you're always on point. And then I will um, ask you, and on the other side of the commercial break, you know, like the energy, because that takes a lot of energy, right? And so um, how do you stay refreshed <laughs> um, uh, doing that? And I just, and I, I I hear that and I can certainly relate to that as a woman of color myself, um, just the um, the burden, one might say, of always having to live up to such a high bar. So. Let's just um, think about that and um, come back and, and visit that. And we'll also just ask you and Louise to share, you know, what has really helped you to advance in the workplace? What tips might you have for others and how might others be allies? So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. The bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. Having a fabulous conversation, Hispanic Voices on Leadership. Charlotte Ochiki Hans has joined us today. Charlotte is the Vice President, Deputy General Manager of Education, Instruction Operations, Head Start Program at the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. And also with us is Luis Gonzalez, Vice President of Philanthropy and Community Impact at Wells Fargo. Charlotte, I know before we went to break, I was um, kind of like pulling a thread and asking you to double click a little bit on the pressure that um, people of color and particularly people who may be first, second generation in America may feel with regards to having to just do things just so, having to represent well. I'll just have you uh, maybe speak a little bit about that. What's the impact of that? Well, it, it's it's stress. It gives you, you know, there's a lot of pressure. Like you said, there's pressure to kind of pressure to succeed. And uh, um, one of my friends say, oh, yeah, I'll just, there's always, you always feel like this pressure to succeed with you. What, why do you do it? I said, well, you know, to me, it, it motivates me, but that I want to really do my best. I want to put my best foot forward in all occasions. And I was just giving an example of, um, as SDCL and my board president, I needed to give a speech at the Veterans Day Memorial and being first generation in this country, I didn't really have a relative that I can talk to in regards to my experience with veterans and the respect I have for veterans. And so I was very hard on myself. I said, you know what, I need to give veterans the respect that they deserve. But how can I, how can I talk, uh, you know, uh, about that experience if I don't have a point of reference? And so I talked generally about the respect, you know, that, you know, at San Diego State University and, and the alumni I have for veterans. But I practiced the, the the speech because I, I wanted to make to make it sincere and I wanted to to have a solemnness to it and have a respect that, you know, all those, you know, there was hundreds of students that went to war and never came back. And so, you know, in order to really show my patriotism and the respect I had for them, I wanted to to make sure that that, that speech was perfect. And so I had Celia had practiced it with, you know, my whole family and with colleagues. And it, it was very important for me to to come across very genuine and 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 uh, with the respect it deserves. And and um it, it can be it could be hard to take on that pressure, but I just I, I just needed to to do that because when I'm up there, like I said, I'm not just representing myself, I'm representing all the other potential Mexican-American, you know, presidents for San Diego State University. And so I needed to set the tone and the tone of excellence for those that follow behind me. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Charlotte. Luis, anything you'd like to add? I don't know if you feel the same type of pressure or not. Just wondering. Oh, absolutely. I, I think uh, like I, I go back to saying that, you know, it, it, that's what defines sometimes leaders, right? It's how you deal with that pressure. It's how you you create opportunity from that pressure, just like Charlotte just mentioned in her her, her speech, right? Um, and, and that's what I think really makes us unique, right? And, and now to all of the listeners out there that are leaders in their own right, um, it's when you take the, the challenge that others don't want. That, and that's really what separates the, the you know, the difference, right? Uh, between leaders and those that say, no, you know, I'll let you take that on and I'm going to follow what your lead is. And that's, you know, sometimes what ends up happening. So um, I think it's how we deal with that pressure. We have to embrace it. Um, without that opportunity to do so, there is no growth. And I think as leaders, we have to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, Louise, I'm going to stay with you and just ask you, when faced with adversity yourself, what has given you the fortitude to keep on keeping on? I, I think you go back to realizing, you know, 
what what drives me, right, and I think this comes in from being a you know a, a military veteran who did serve in you know combat operations. You have a different look at what adversity really is, and I think what drives me is the opportunity to say, "Here's your chance to do something to make a difference." Right? Um, when we at when we want to be leaders, or we you know sometimes they say you don't choose to be a leader; you get put in those roles, and you have no choice but to react to those situations. Right? It is to me that I think is a blessing. I think that when we're put in those situations, it's because you are ready to handle that situation. You have to grow. You have to take it on. And so what motivates me is to realize and understand that we're in that situation for a reason. And uh, that reason is to make a positive impact. And and you want to drive to make positive impact. So I always go back to understanding and go back. And I think I say, you know, this is an opportunity. Uh, How many people would be fortunate to have an opportunity to be in that situation, to make a choice that's going to make a difference in some capacity? Uh, And so I think we need to embrace it. I embrace it. I enjoy it. Um, and that's something that I continue to do every day in my personal life and in, you know, my professional life. Mm-hmm. When you think about what has really helped you advance, Louise, um, in the workplace um, or just in life in general, uh, what might that be and what tips might you offer others? Um I always look at, and again, this goes back to the folks that I've had that have been mentors and, and leaders as a right. I, I go back to how I can make a difference for others. I think it's really selfless. I think we use the term servant leadership um, to think about that and say, hey, you know, this isn't, you know, at the end of the day, when when we, we live our life and we go back and look back, it's what what did we do with those opportunities that we that we had? And to me, it goes back to say, it's about the impact we left for others. And if I go back and I ask the people that either, you know, were my staff at one point work for me or I work for them, I always say, did I do something positive in your life? And that's how I know and I drive and I say, I want to make sure that people know that I'm in this to support others and not look at it from a selfish, you know, selfish perspective. Um, and I think that's something that's helped me, right? To, to really look and say, hey, you know, you build friendships, you build camaraderie, you build support. And then you understand that you're working with people who have, you know, mutual interests, which is to grow together. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. And Charlotte, yourself, what would you say has really helped you advance in the workplace or in life in general? And what tips might you offer others? Yeah, I, I agree with Luis with the significance of the impact and and looking how, you know, what impact you make and how can you improve your professional demeanor in order to create a, a bigger impact or learn from your mistakes, what have you. Uh, I think emotional intelligence is very important uh, to have in the workplace to understand and manage your emotions um, and those of others. It's a, a skill such as empathy, self-awareness, and effective communication that will allow you to grow as a leader and improve your impact and, and the way you, you perform your duties. Taking on new challenges, embracing challenges, and stepping out of your comfort zone for, for leadership growth, for uh, new responsibilities, leading projects, volunteering for leadership roles that you may not, you know, feel that you're 100% ready for, just jump in, jump in and grow. And, you know, you'll learn through the process, even if you don't feel like you're ready. Self-reflect, excuse me, self-reflecting and self-assessment, regularly kind of reflecting on your actions, decisions, outcomes uh, for self-improvement. Just kind of identify, you know, what what would I want to do better, and how if I if I improve this, it'll improve the impact that I'm having on on the work that I'm doing and building resilience. You know, um, leadership often involves facing setbacks and obstacles, and and building resilience helps you bounce back from failures. You know, learn from them and maintain a positive mindset. Because you know, again, that impact, keeping that impact in mind, you want to you want to make the most impact that you can. And so, it, maybe one strategy didn't work. You know, you reassess and 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 move forward because you understand the bigger goal, the bigger impact in the community, and you know that you can't stop, and that you need to continue your mission and your vision um, for the good of the community that you serve. Mm-hmm. So, Charlotte, can I double click on a important word that you mentioned? You mentioned a lot of important words, but one that really stood out to me was uh, resilience, having that resilience. Um, what helps a person build resilience? What has helped you to be resilient? It's understanding that everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has different perspectives. They come from different backgrounds. And, you know, my strategy, my management strategy may not work for all. Um, uh, 
really looking at the situation, kind of separating emotions from the situation. And I learned this from my mediation training. It's, you know, make it about the issue and so say, okay, well, this is what we wanted to do. I want to do it this way. This other person wanted to take a different strategy. Um, And, you know, we moved forward with mine and mine wasn't the most effective. So just kind of looking at the situation, understanding the pros, the cons, where you went, what you did well, you know, what you should have considered and keep going, keep, mm-hmm. keep on, keep on fighting the fight. Like they say, <laughs> um, because, you know, the, the, the greater goal is not to stop. That's really when, when you fail and when, you know, don't stop, keep going. And eventually, you know, you'll get that right formula um, for that particular situation. And it might not work for the next situation, but mm-hmm. you kind of learn uh, to have different skill sets in your professional you know, bucket, and then you kind of pull them out depending, you know how to read situations and you're able to to manage accordingly, depending on who's on your team, what the goal is, your, you know, time constraints, all of those things um, change. They change from project to project from time to time, and you just need to be able to kind of pivot um, at a moment's notice. And sometimes, you know, it's 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 not what you wanted it to be and it's not optimal, but you learn from that and then you're ready for for your next challenge. And that's what's important. Be ready for the for your next challenge as a leader. That's that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That bouncing back with um Luis, yourself, any thoughts, anything you want to add to what Charlotte said or uh with regarding resilience, anything come to mind that you'd want to add on or share? Yeah, you know, I, I think Charlotte just you know nailed it. I think there's a lot of you know resiliency is part of of what we we all need to strive for. I think you know we, we never know what comes our way, how things come our way, but we have to keep going, right? And we have to keep moving forward despite the adversity and the things that come our way. So yeah, it's important that you know we have that trait as a whole, and that we educate others on how to be resilient, um, because you know that 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 is our future, right? We're gonna go through adversity we're going to go through different issues we're going to go through things that say hey you know um it's not for me but the reality is that we have to continue to be resilient and and look at how we continue to overcome those challenges to to move forward mm-hmm. moving forward really being able to look beyond those circumstances to mm-hmm. the new possibilities and love that pressing on so uh thank you both uh just for all of your thoughts uh with regards to sharing your own um, journey and what has helped you to be successful in life. I'm going to take another break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about what leaders can do to be allies of diversity and support inclusion in the workplace. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. 
and we are back with more on Leadership Matters, speaking with Charlotte Ochiki Hans and Luis Gonzalez, Hispanic Voices on Leadership. Charlotte, I'm going to ask you to maybe start us off with this discussion on what can leaders and others do to be allies of diversity and inclusion, really supporting it in the workplace? Thank you, Dr. White. Well, I think educating themselves on um, what diversity and inclusion is, is important. Leaders should actively seek to educate themselves about different cultures, identities, and experiences. It's going to involve reading books, having attending workshops, having guest speakers, um, anybody just having embracing people from different backgrounds, um, fostering an inclusive environment, definitely important. Leaders should create an inclusive environment where everyone feels valued and respected, um, another thing is encouraging diversity in hiring and promotion, obviously, to make sure your team is well-rounded. Leaders should actively promote diversity by implementing uh, inclusive hiring practices. This can involve setting diversity goals, using diversity interview panel, diverse interview panels, and providing um, equal opportunities for advancement, um, providing diversity and inclusion training. Uh, not only for the leadership, but also uh, the frontline employees um, so that leaders um, can invest in the diversity and inclusion training for themselves and their teams and raise awareness about um, unconscious bias, promotional empathy, uh, and providing tools to, for creating an inclusive environment. I think those mm -hmm. are really um, for uh, leaders to, to include um, in their teams and in the organizations. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. Lots of good thoughts there. Louise, how about yourself? Well, you I think I, yeah, absolutely. I think what Charlotte said is, is, is also, you know, is critical. I think we're, we're all living now in a time where uh, we, we are all looking as even corporate America. We're looking at really how diversity plays a role in the workplace. Uh, long overdue, obviously, that, that we need to look at that. Um, it, it's a critical function because one of the things as leaders that we we tend to get into, and this is something that we we have to be mindful of, right, is our own biases. I think that you know, oftentimes we're so used to our experiences, our things, the way we do things. And when you're trying to make decisions that impact others, it's important to have other voices in the room. And, and I think that's where the diversity, equity, and inclusion discussion starts taking place. It's because how other folks see things, how do we do things? How do we eliminate our own biases to make those decisions that are really going to create impact? And, and also, how do we set up for the next generation? I think there's a there's also a, a discussion to have to to have around DEI and what that means for future generations, right? What happens when you know as America as a whole is changing, right? We're, we're seeing demographic shift, we're seeing differences in cultures and ethnicities, it's it's mixing, right? So how can we not have that represented at all levels of our institutions? And I think that's where you know it's critical to have that discussion and really start looking at how we integrate DEI. Uh, in the workforce. So I feel that there's more to come in this because we're still, I think, going through what that really looks like. And, and not all organizations are, are reflecting the communities they serve. So there's a lot of change that's taking place. I know at Wells Fargo, that's something that we're committed to. And that's something that we're looking across the organization and how we create more opportunities. Um, and that's something that's going to take some time, but but it's happening. And I feel that how that happens, that that way that it happens is so critical. And, and anyone who has a role in leadership uh, has to be mindful of that, regardless of the ethnicity that you are. Uh, this is a time to create inclusion, to create growth. If we don't do that, uh, we're not being smart about the direction we're going as, as a country, as a society. Mm -hmm. Either of you have any thoughts on what the biggest challenge to creating that um, inclusion in the workforce might be? You know, I'm going to I'm going to go back to what I mentioned earlier, and this is because coming from experience from some of the younger, you know, talent that's coming through. Um, the, the experiences that we have and that we create in our environments is so critical. Um, when you see things from a certain perspective and, you know, understanding and working in, in social service as well and having that community perspective, um, it's not the same thing to see what you see in your communities to then translate that into like a corporate environment. And, and that transition that is creating some challenges that I think as a whole, and I'm talking all communities, really need to look at that and address that. Um, it, you know, the way that you, you carry yourself, the way that you engage with others, how you communicate your thoughts, um, all those things are critical. And academics can only take you to one point, but there is that second development portion. And I think as leaders that are diverse, 
that's the piece where we need to say, okay, how do we help educate others to bring them into the fold, right? To let them understand that the way they see the world is not necessarily the same way others see the world. And so that creates a challenge in itself, right? Um, and how we ad address that, I think, is critical. So that's definitely a, 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 an area that needs, you know, it's a challenge. It can be, it can be addressed. But I see that oftentimes we miss that component. Um, you know, we talk about you can have the degrees, the education, you can have all this great stuff. And then you're asked to do, you know, a, a presentation on something and, you know, your grammar is terrible. You don't know how to present. You know, you, you, you come across with ideologies that may not necessarily make sense. And so that's the mentorship part part that's so critical for for leaders to give to that up and coming generation. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's the unspoken pieces, the workplace cultural pieces that might trip uh, people up and then really kind of thinking about there's a quote I don't know if Stepman said it Oprah said it who said it first they said success is when preparation meets opportunity so yes. there's this other piece of of preparation that we want to make sure happens and at the same time we also want to make sure that there's opportunity so you exactly know, what can we do and how can we navigate um, as leaders in the workplace to make sure that we are preparing people um, to be ready to step in diverse leaders um, in that workplace, but also be uh, in that position to create and support opportunities being available. Charlotte, yep. um, I'm going to ask you to just start us off with any final thoughts. And then Louise, I'll ask you if you have a final thought that you'd like to share. Fantastic. Thank you, Dr. White. Well, first of all, I want to thank you um, for the invitation to speak on this very important topic. I want to thank my colleague Luis for his participation as well. And summary, just want to reiterate that people must exemplify their leadership attributes in a manner that speaks to who they are as a person and how they want to be remembered, not only in the workplace, but really in every aspect of their lives. The well-known Latino Hispanic saying, si se puede, means yes, you can, should be a model, uh, not just for Latino Hispanic community, but for all to embrace. So that's my kind of departing talk, thought on that. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Charlotte. We so appreciate having you with us today. Final thoughts from yourself, Louise. Well, I, you know, thank you again for the opportunity. I, I feel that, you know, as uh, as leaders, right, and all the listeners out there, um, you know, to, to remember the responsibility that we do have towards other. And, and when you go into this, it's really about really giving back to others. It's about the influence you have to others. And oftentimes as leaders, we we forget that and tend to be, you know, focus on ourselves. Like, how do I grow? What do I get out of this? What do I do? And, and sometimes, you know, we need to understand that it's not about that and that it's about really how we make an impact in the lives of others and change our communities. And it's needed now more than ever, um, as we see all the issues that are taking place in our society, the conflicts, the discussions that happen in all levels of society. Um, we're going to need that more so than, than not, right? And it's about how we, we create that positive impact. Think about that, eliminate the biases that we have um, to address those issues. You know, what we thought, it doesn't make sense to me. I would never do it that way. That may be the, the way that the next generation is going to have to do it. And we have to be open to that. So um, it's about adapting. It's about growing. It's about how we give back to others and ultimately how we ourselves uh, live the lives that we need to live so that we can make that happen. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Louise. Appreciate your being with us today as well. Um, and our listening audience, we appreciate you for tuning in. We invite you to send topics that you think you might be interested in learning more about to Leadership Matters questions at innovisions.org. And innovisions is I-N-N-O-V-I-S-I-O-N-S dot uh, org. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or download the podcast at your convenience on demand. And until next time, keep on keeping on informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.